Okay. Welcome to Outrageously Unnecessary. This is uh, the podcast that cannot keep a schedule to save its life. Uh, But in real talk, this is a podcast all about uh, the wealthy folks of history and what they've done with their money. Uh, It's usually ridiculous. This isn't our standard intro, but I'm just kind of winging it right now. I'm your host, Haley. (laughs) And I'm your lovely co-host, Stephen. What's up, Gilded Gang? (laughs) Hi, that was a mess. Oh, I know. We're just just such a mess right now. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Can you tell that it's been a hot minute since we've recorded? It's been a bit. Been a bit. It's been, okay, so apologies for the delays, my sweet Gilded Gang. We uh, had some life stuff happening, mostly that Stephen has a new job that he loves, but they're making him work like a dog, so. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, it's, if it was any other job, I'd say I was working like a dog, but now, like, like the stuff I told you, like, I literally love every hour that I put in there because I know it's going towards a sustainable and a really good thing, so. Yay! In any case, uh, in, in case people were curious, his company has majorly good re- recycling policies, and they mostly work with recycled goods. So, yep, we 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 stand, we support it. Um, yeah, and then you got sick for a couple of days. Luckily, it was not the Rona. Nope, not the uh, Rona. <laughs> I have so it's amazing. Like with with as terrible and piss poor as my immune system, I am still amazed that I have not got the rona but hey knock on wood i'm still good <laughs> you know, i'm just yeah thank you I, knock on wood man uh but i'm glad that you are healthy and happy and safe and in the meantime i went mildly crazy with writing a topic <laughs> <laughs> i know i know i'm excited for it I've been giving you like slight updates. He has no idea what I've written about, which is usual. No. But I've, I just keep sending him texts, being like, "I just found the craziest shit." <laughs> <laughs> so, in any case, to explain how this one's gonna go down, Gilded Game, I will be the sole topic proprietor of this episode. Um, I I wrote so much. I wrote so much, and I didn't even capture everything that I could have. That's amazing. So uh, we figured, because my topic was so ungodly long, it would just be more fair if <laughs> if it were just one whole episode instead of making you guys listen to like an hour and a half long episode. This is this is far more uh, digestible, I suppose, is the word. That's a good word. Yeah. Yes. I feel like that's an appropriate uh, word. Yeah, it's we just want to make sure that you aren't wanting to kill yourself about halfway through and be like, there's still more? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so in any case, it will be me today, and then uh, we will get back to our regularly scheduled programming. And because we were late, I think that we're going to do episodes um, uh, two weeks in a row, which is strange for us. But that'll just kind of help get us a little bit back on track, a little bit, uh, in any case. Uh, but we will be pausing for a chump change in the middle, because apparently Stephen has a real good one. I do. I do. It's a, it's, it's a pretty good chump change. Which I am super stoked on, because I totally forgot to get a chump change for today. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. You're going to have to just, like, ring a bell or be like, stop! 
it's Trump change time because I don't know where to pause this story. Yeah, I'll, I'll find a good spot. Don't worry. Yeah, you just, you just interrupt me whenever you feel like it and it'll be great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. So, Caroline Schirmerhorn was born September 21st, 1830 in New York City to one of the city's wealthy Dutch aristocratic families. And side note, I incidentally learned that old money Dutch aristocracy of New York were nicknamed the Knickerbockers. I'd, their whole nickname was what? based on the Dutch style of pants, <laughs> which I think is just wild. That's bananas. I, I, when I was in school, I knew a guy with the last name Knickerbocker. Now, you did? Yeah. That, did you know that it meant pants? I have. Well, yeah, I mean, I knew that it meant pants, but now, like, understanding, like, this additional context, that. Oh, I wonder if he was. Uh, that makes if him, He was descended from super wealthy Dutch folks. I mean, that makes his personality a lot more explainable now that I think about it. Oh, no. Was he a wealthy asshole? Oh, he was a douchebag. Oh, he was, no. Okay, so back in the day, like, this was, like, what, 2006, 2007? He was the guy who had, like, like the Hollister shirts and mm, the mm-hmm. uh, uh, well, the Abercrombie and Fitch, like, button-ups and the chinos and, like, the docker boots. He was the money dresser. <laughs> yeah, for he was, sure. He was the flaunter. Yeah, for sure. Like, and even one day he came, he came to he came into class. He had like a little sweater tied around his neck, like a super, super asshole. <laughs> Are you shitting me? He's doing the yacht tie he's, around. He's doing the, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Gross. Uh. So, Guys, unless you are on a yacht, do not do the yacht tie around. Don't do it. It's bad. Just don't, please. Everyone will think you're an asshole. <laughs> and in all likelihood, if you find yourself drawn to be doing that, you probably are an asshole. <laughs> like, oh, just man. if you catch yourself doing it, just take a moment and reevaluate your life a little bit, I think. Yeah, yeah. It all comes up to life choices, for sure. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> So, Knickerbocker. Knickerbocker. Anyways, that was just a fun fact. That has nothing to do with the story. I just, like, I read that and I was like, what the hell is a Knickerbocker? What does that even mean? Why is she called a Knickerbocker? It's because she's wealthy and Dutch. Uh, And I, with how stuck up I read that this class of people were, I don't understand how they accepted that their nickname was after pants. Uh, Anyways, Caroline, (laughs) she had eight other siblings. They were all raised in the lap of luxury. Uh, Their father, Abraham, was being worth about a half a million dollars by the time that Caroline was born, Uh, which, not a millionaire, but still extremely well off, especially for, you know, New York in 1830. Uh, So Caroline was educated in European fashion. She became absolutely fluent in French. Mm -hmm. And uh, Knickerbockers... Uh, were well known as being dignified and the the <laughs> emphasis on the word sober people. Just real, real somber, sober fucks. They got right <laughs> stick up their butt is what I've read. So uh, stick up their butt, social propriety being the absolute most important quality of life. So Caroline knew that she was expected to hold up her family status and marry very well. And she did. She would go on to marry a man named William Backhouse Astor Jr. Jesus. 
his middle name is Backhouse. <laughs> like, like a latrine. And then I thought, like, was John not a good enough euphemism for toilet? <laughs> I, I would have loved to have been the uh, the uh, the clerk at like the records office, uh, like trans like uh huh, and uh, the middle name um, I, I'm uh, backhouse. I, I'm sorry, what backhouse? <laughs> it just reminds me of when um, you've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights, right? Oh my gosh, so many times. It's the the woman Latrine who's in love with the yes, sheriff, and exactly. they're like, Latrine, is that a family name? She goes, it could have been worse. It used to be shit house. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, uh, so, exactly. So she so she marries William Backhouse Astor Jr., Mister Shithouse himself. Jesus. And this this one's for you, my dear. Can you tell me where we know the last name Astor from? Yes, yes, I can. Um, it's a family. Come on, you got I it. I know. It's a family name. Uh, you did it. You were the one who did this topic. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Uh, it's it's literally on the tip of my tongue, but yes. It's literally <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. I'll, I'll give it to you. John Jacob Astor. That's it. John Jacob Astor. Yes. the Our favorite German guy. Yes. And uh, if I remember correctly, John Jacob Astor was the guy. Wasn't he, was, wasn't he the one that... Like loaned a lot of money, like people people money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He had he was ungodly rich. Yeah, he pretty much owned Europe for a chunk of time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, yes. So he was the one in the 1700s who just pff, everything. So now our sweet Caroline has married into this family sweet with ungodly Caroline. wealth. Caroline. So Caroline's new grandfather-in-law, John Jacob Astor, the gazillionaire. So, quote from Wikipedia. In 1862, she and her husband built a four-bay townhouse in the newly fashionable brownstone style at 355th Avenue, which is the present site of the Empire State Building. The home was next door to her husband's elder brother, John Jacob Astor III, the two families were next-door neighbors for 28 years, although the Astor brothers' wives did not get along, end quote. Naturally. So, yes. So, families, two brothers, they live right next door to each other. They each have their own mansion, but uh, families that stay close together share money together. I don't know. Uh, sure. <laughs> but wives don't get along. Caroline hates her sister-in-law. Uh, basically, I will, I will get more into how this affects things later and by later i mean this this i could only put it in at the very end of the story because it just shows how the only way i can describe this woman is petty she's so petty but basically uh all you need to know right now is that caroline's husband was the younger brother and so John Jacob Astor III, the elder brother, his wife had claim to the title of the Mrs. Astor. And so basically what was common at the time is that you would get referred to as your husband's like whole name rather than just like, ah, oh, this is Mrs. Astor. It would usually be this is Mrs. William Backhouse Astor Jr. Like the whole thing. Yep, but yep. Caroline was really trying to sell, I only want to be known as Aster. That's it. I just want to be 
the Mrs. Astor, but she doesn't have claim to that title because she married the second son. Mm. Uh, but she wanted so deeply to be the only Mrs. Astor. She wanted it so that when her name would be written in papers, people would just instinctively know that it was her and not her sister-in-law. Mm. And so she eventually won the title of the Mrs. Astor when her sister-in-law died in 1887. So she had to wait. <laughs> she had to hang on. She had, on. To, wa- she she had on. to hang on for like 20-something <laughs> years about to, to get that title, but God damn it, she wanted it so bad. Oh, so bad. Okay, so as Caroline's children start growing up, uh, and the Industrial Revolution is hitting its its full swing. This is starting in like the 1860s. Caroline started considering being the official gatekeeper of high society. And when I say gatekeeper, I mean that in the truest sense of the word. She decided who was in and who was out. She wa- she figured that this was her God-given duty to the world. <laughs> she- so, the problem was that when the Industrial Revolution caused this sudden boom in, like, rags-to-riches stories, anyone, like, people who played their cards right, like the the Vanderbilts or the Carnegies, um, those who were able to invest their money, be like railroads, whatever, like, and just suddenly made a fuck ton of money. Um, basically, Caroline thought that was garbage, and they were garbage people who didn't deserve to be a part of high society. Like, Having money didn't make you worthwhile, wow. if that made sense. Gosh, man. So uh, the thought of being forced to interact with these new money families had Caroline just g- gagging. Just absolutely. She's, ugh, I don't want to. I don't, I, ca- I can't, I can't go and talk to a Vanderbilt. It, it hurts me. It hurts too much, please. Just look at the man. He very obviously made his wealth 10 years ago. And it's, I just love it because it's like, basically the rule was at least two generations of inherited wealth had to make, that was what made you good enough to mix to the true exclusive upper class. Like, it had to be that your grandpa had money, not just you had money. Right. <laughs> Which I think that two generations is almost, like, nothing. Like, really? two ge- So, two generations ago, your grandfather was the one who was being the rags to riches story, Miss, Miss Caroline. And suddenly, you're like, yeah, but he did it back then. And now we're good. And I don't want to deal with these new people going through the same thing. Gross. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, so she's just... Remember that whole knickerbockers stick up their butt? Yep. That's her. That's stick her. up her, but just stick up asshole. Yep. Just right up there. And not in the good uh, way. And not, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I'm not here to yuck any yums. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, this is a quote from the St. Regis Magazine, which the this article happens to be what I got a lot of my information from. The St. Regis Magazine 
had a very, very wonderful article all about her and just how fucking ridiculous she was. Mm. So, quote for the St. Regis magazine. She had achieved this unchallenged position partly through her own personality and ambition and partly with the assistance of the man who became the grand vizier to her sultana. This was Ward McAllister, a socially ambitious southerner who had realized that unless steps were taken to mold society into an acceptable model, it would be overwhelmed by the flood of new money now pouring into New York, end quote. So, basically, she gets a buddy who is also like, let's keep the riffraff out, fuck their money. Uh, Mr. Ward McAllister, and they decided that they were going to decide. They were going to be the gatekeepers. They were going to figure out who exactly was going to be... What What is the phrase that I'm looking for here? They were deciding who was going to be the part of the it crowd. Yeah, the in crowd. Yeah, the... Yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't, think, of, I can't think of the phrase either. Yeah, but yeah, it's just super interesting that she just found herself a buddy. And the entire time, I just want to know what the hell her husband's thinking about this. <laughs> like, Mr. Mister Backhouse, do you have any opinions of the fact that your wife is running rampant? I, I feel like wealthy men back then were just super clueless and just very oblivious to... Because, I mean, back then... Didn't even the wealthy socialites, didn't wealthy men, like, I'm going to say, quote unquote, look down on women and look and think that even though he was married to her, like women were still beneath them. Like, it, wasn't that still the thought process? I would say then? yes and no. I think it was more that like, hey, my wife is going to do her own thing and I'm just going to meet up with her for dinner. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, he just wasn't invested in whatever the fuck was happening right. in her life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways, this is this is where we get to what Mrs. Astor, Mrs. V, the Mrs. The Mrs. Astor. Astor. She really wanted that the in front of it, just the Mrs. Astor. Anyways, uh, she and Ward McAllister decided that New York only had room for 400 total people who were worthy as being counted among fashionable society. Mm. So if you did not receive a calling card from Mrs. Astor, you weren't worth shit to these people. <laughs> you were not invited. Don't you just show up. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you receive an invitation? No. Well, you're not good enough to walk on the ground that I've shit on. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Is your name on the list? I don't see your name on the list, sir. Excuse me, madam, will you send a calling card? Have you visited with the Mrs. Astor? No, no, not good enough. <laughs> like, it's, so 400 people, and they were known as the 400. Like, that was how newspapers referred to it as. Wow. And Gosh, guys, yeah, and Sparta did it better, okay? Yeah, I'll take with less. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, the four hundred, and uh, there's there's like a there's a there's a 
the story of where that comes from, it's not actually true, but the story was that the 400 came from uh, the fact that her ballroom would fit 400 people comfortably, and that's all she wanted. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You can't you can't be crowding more than 400 people into your ballroom. Yeah, it's a fire hazard. Goodness. Okay. So, uh, let's see here. We are about 20-ish minutes in. Should we chump change right now? Yeah. We're about halfway through. Yeah, let's do a chump I, change. I interrupted myself for you. There you go. Oh, well, it is time for the chump change. Chump change. Haley, what's the weirdest thing that you've probably ever paid for in your life? Oh, oh no, I don't. Yeah, yeah, just answer the question. <laughs> I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely certain because I mean, like, I have, I have strange things. Like, I own a lot of animal skulls that I've purchased, <laughs> but I don't know if that's necessarily like. I can't think of anything that's truly weird okay that i've bought okay animal schools okay we're, we're gonna circle back around that and unpack that later um so but <laughs> i have pictures <laughs> yeah yeah we're definitely gonna unpack that later so would you like to see a picture of my crystallized chicken skull he's very pretty you, you know i do and i think the gilda gang is like yeah of course we do i just made a really nice raccoon skull uh decoration i got him a little glass box from ikea and i set him up on like a moss bed so he just kind of looks like my own little woodland shrine. Death. Yeah, a, a shrine is what we is what you have. <laughs> I worship the raccoon god. Uh, okay, send me that picture <laughs> right now at this moment. Oh no, no, it's okay. No, you can send it to me later. It's fine. But I, I do want to unpack that at some point. So no. Okay. Uh, I'm, and and I, I tried to think of like the weirdest thing that I've ever bought, like the weirdest thing. And honestly, most of my like taste is pretty normal. Like I don't really uh, have a lot of weird things. But anyways, I came across, you know, uh, like there's like items and experiences and like crazy things that people have paid a lot of money for, you know whether it be concerts, whether it be like, you know, celebrity meet and greet or what have you. And this particular individual was, um, this is a celebrity incident, but this was a particular fan who was all about um, actress or former actress um, Sharon Stone, like super all about Sharon Stone. And okay. Sharon Stone... Um, had a um, there was a um, an auction uh, that she was doing uh, and she was uh, it was a uh, Los Angeles based charity group project Angel Foods I don't know if they're still around um, but they provide females for people with HIV and AIDS and okay and so um, Sharon Stone um, auctioned a kiss with her. And all the proceeds okay. were going to go to Project Angel Foods. Okay. Um, so there was an individual. Um, of course, people were bidding. Uh, but there was an individual uh, by the name of Joni Rim. And I'm going to read this article. 
Um, I'm getting I'm getting weird vibes from Joni. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna read this article. Um, it's from the free library. I mean, I, I saw like there was a lot of different like sites that had the article, but this had like the most information on it. Uh, and I'm just gonna read it. It's probably the most expensive kiss in history, but it looks to be worth every penny. Actress Ooh. Sharon Stone plants a lingering smacker on the lips of a woman who has just paid $50,000. That's an expensive kiss. For the privilege. With her, okay. with her hands gently cupping the face of Joni Rim, the 45-year-old actress shows why she's rated still one of Hollywood's sexiest woman, women. What year was this? This was in 2003. Okay. So early 2000s. Um, dressed in a white shirt and black trousers, the basic star instinct seemed to be enjoying it too. The passionate kiss, which lasted 45 seconds... Brought gasp from onlookers. That's a mini makeout session. One onlooker said, It might have been for charity, but it was very sexy. Oh, and then okay. the, uh, the article ends with, I think there were plenty of men and women in the audience who would have loved to have been in Joni's shoes. I mean, I feel like at least Sharon made it worth her while to be spending. I mean, $50,000 is still too much, but like. For, okay. 45 All seconds. Right, at least 45 seconds. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, she made it worth her while rather than it just being a quick, like, here's a peck for you. Thanks for, thanks for donating. Oh, no. Like, she also had like a full on thing with like Ellen DeGeneres at some point. Did she? Yeah, I think Sharon Stone is actually, she's either bi or she's lesbian. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, good for her. I mean, if she enjoyed it, but still, 45 seconds, that's a lot for a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, hmm. I could never do it. I could never kiss a stranger. I mean, obviously, Shelley was a stranger. I mean, uh, 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 semantics, okay? I've kissed a, I've kissed a stranger. Semantics. <laughs> I've kissed a stranger I did not pay $50,000 for oh, it, that's but it good. was at... Yeah, no, it was free. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> it was, okay, to okay. explain that, it was, I should hope that most kisses are free. Um, no, if, the reason why I say that I've kissed a stranger is because, well, one, I have, but two, it was at, um, it was at the uh, Holy Festival the at, um, at this really big temple like uh, Krishna Temple down in um, somewhere in Utah. It's like south of Salt Lake. And it's the festival where you like dress in all white and you throw colored like chalk dust at each other. So everyone just ends up like multicolored and fun and you're dancing and going for it. There's a dude wandering around with a sign around his neck that said free kisses. So I went and and did that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I could never do that. I could never, ever do that. Listen up. I mean, I was 18, so. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Good chump change, man. That was uh, 45 seconds? Good Lord. I know. It's just too much. Did you get the the image that I sent to you? I am looking at it actually right now. So, um, Gilda Gang. 
Haley just sent me uh, via text a lovely image. Actually, it's pretty super dope. I'm not going to lie. Right? It's cool as hell. So, yeah. So, it's like it's a glass box. It has a flap that opens on top and inside the glass box. um, And uh, it has like gold looking steel around it. So, super, super gaudy. So, um, but still hella clean. Very crisp. Um, I see a crystallized skull on top of a bed of moss and underneath that, a bed of rocks. That is pretty fucking dope, Haley. Thank you. I thought he's super nifty. He is displayed on my, um, my, uh, living room entertainment center console thing, that table. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, the thing that the TV goes on. Yes. Anyways, he's there. And I like him. And currently I have some like Halloween uh, streamers that are <laughs> encircling him. And like he is very Halloween and I'm very into it. So I don't know. I love him. That's awesome. He's a good boy. Oh, oh, I just Uh-oh. remembered one thing that I purchased that was kind of weird. But um, I really can't explain why I did it, but it was in the moment. Okay, so just super fast. I was in France, and uh, this was 2013-ish or so. Maybe, no, 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 not 2013, way before that. Sorry, 2010, I think, was when I first went to France. And anyways, what we visited, there was a holy site um, um, called, uh, or it was in the town of Lourdes, which is uh, southeastern France. And it was a holy site. Um, for people to travel um, because there was a site of um, and I'm trying to remember specifically uh, but there was a large church um, a large Catholic you know church uh, cathedral and people would go there to have miracles performed on them um, like there would be lines wrapped around because like one of the wells of water was said to have been blessed by Mary Magdalene and um, that that runs through Lourdes and so people would come to get you know holy water or whatever Um and I, I remember distinctly there being like these rows and rows of these, uh, it's hard to explain, but they were like these metal-like boxes that people could um, purchase candles for to help light for people who were who they believed were in purgatory. And um, I don't know why, but I felt so inclined and I paid $50 or 50 euros for a candle um, because there was like a family around this one little boy who they believed to be in purgatory, and I lit a candle for him out of respect. I mean, that's of, precious, yeah. but also fifty euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now Ugh. that I think about it, I think the guy was trying to swindle me a little bit. I think you were swindled, my friend. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, but that that's probably one of the weirdest things because. Um, I mean, I I have the utmost respect for all face, and it was it was good intentions, yeah. but I think you were swindled out of fifty euros. Yeah, but yeah fifty euros, fifty euros for a purgatory candle. All right, that, damn son, I, you just you just, I don't think God cares about money. If I'm being perfectly honest, yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's back when the Catholic Church started being like, you can pay your way to get out of hell. Yeah, I don't remember what those are called. Anyways, uh, damn. Well, that's the end of Chump Change. Thank you for the interesting <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, shall we get back into it? Let's get back. Let's get back inside Mrs. Astor. Ew. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, so let's get back. We just maintained that she has just started uh, her club of the 400. Uh, so let's explain the kind of society that Mrs. Astor was striving to maintain. This, of course, is the Gilded Age, so which is my favorite age because it is ridiculous. So on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan was the strip known as Millionaire's Row. Uh, so this is another quote from St. Regis Magazine. Quote, Mansions had marble mantelpieces, uh, goblins tra uh, tapestries, bronzes, sculptures and paintings swept up from Europe, oriental carpets, crystal chandeliers, and French furniture. Between four and five of a summer afternoon, elegant carriages drawn by glossy horses carried women in silk dresses and elaborate hats, bowing as they passed each other. <laughs> <laughs> and in the winter, there was the same parade in horse-drawn sleighs at Central Park. Okay, pausing the quote. They had a parade for each other every afternoon. <laughs> every afternoon, they got in their carriages so they could go and wave at the pores. And then look at each other and be like, mmm, she fancy. I'm fancy too. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Just. <laughs> they need parades for themselves. What the fuck? <laughs> Every goddamn day. I kind of love that secretly, if I'm being honest with myself. Between 4 and 5 p.m., they were like, oh, it's parade time. Let's go. What? Oh. Uh, uh, I don't even know what to say to okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> no commentary on Parade Town. Uh. Okay. Anyways, so yeah, Millionaire's Row on Fifth Avenue is where everyone lived. Let's continue the quote from St. Regis Magazine, which I, I interrupted to just gawk at fucking parades. Fucking parades. Parades. Okay. Okay, anyways. Uh, so at parties, the houses smothered with flowers. The favors were antique ivory fans, gold snuff boxes, or sapphire stock pins with hundred-dollar notes stamped with the host's name wrapped around the cigarettes by each place, end quote. So, wow. So, boy, I haven't been to a party with a party favor in a very long time, probably since I was like seven. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't even think of one that I've been to that had a party favor. Oh, oh, it was a wedding. It was a wedding that I went to that had a party favor. That was it. Yeah, I guess I've I've been to some weddings where they leave and like my brother's wedding, they uh, got some uh, popcorn from a local popcorn maker, <laughs> and mm. so everyone got like gourmet popcorn Ooh. as their party favor yeah gourmet popcorn is nice but compared to you get a hundred dollars wrapped around a gold or wrapped around every cigarette that is in a container meant for just you what <laughs> would you like a nice sapphire pin i can afford to just give all 400 of my guests a sapphire pin. That uh, it, wait, it, I'm just doing the math in my head. If every guest had a sapphire pin, there's 400 guests, sapphire pin, and there was a box of cigarettes that each had $100 wrapped around. I don't remember how many cigarettes were in a box back then, but let's say there were eight cigarettes. That's good. That's over. Th 
three hundred thousand dollars, not including the sapphires. Yeah. So they had to yeah. they had to spend probably at least half a mil just for their guest. Yeah, just for the party favors. Be like, can't have what's or nuts be going down the street and talking shit about my party favors. Like, what? Okay, anyways, moving on. The Mrs. Astor's parties actually sounded unbearably stuffy and boring. Remember that stick all the way up there. Gonna have, hey, Marty, gonna need you to take this and shove it all the way up your butt. Just way up there. Um, it was all, so from what I can tell, like the, the descriptions of these parties that I can, that I was able to like understand what the fuck was happening. It's just people kissing each other's boots. They're all bootlickers complimenting one another on how rich and boring they all are. They were just congratulating one of them. Oh, I guess I'm very rich. You're very rich too. Oh, oh, congratulations, yes. oh congratulations on being very rich. Oh, rump, 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 rump. Like, it's the same thing as the fucking parades. It's they're just showing off that they're rich for the sake of being like, I'm rich, you're rich. We have so much in common. <laughs> oh, man. But basically... <laughs> if you attended one of her parties, uh, you had to understand that you had to only speak using appropriate topics of conversation, like the weather. The weather was was known as safe conversation territory. You were it. It was expressly forbidden to talk about certain things, like body parts. And I don't mean like your genitals, I mean legs. Legs were too scandalous to discuss. And if you did do that, you just take that sailor talk right the fuck out of this ballroom immediately, get out. Ah, can't talk about them legs. <laughs> just those, those legs, they were, they're too saucy. They're too saucy in nature. Saucy you can't legs. do it. Saucy legs. Saucy legs. <laughs> So, anyways, certain dances, like the polka, were actually banned because they showed vulgar, uh, sorry, vulgar parts of women's bodies. You know, like their legs. <laughs> you like the legs. <laughs> the, the legs, so vulgar. Vulgar legs. No polka. No polka at one of Mrs. Astor's parties. Mm. So, I mean, legitimately, the only interesting thing that I could find about her parties was that uh, she served midnight dinners. So everyone had to stick around until midnight to get their dinner. And then you stayed up part... Like, some people, once dinner was done, would leave. But a good chunk of folks would stay up partying until dawn, were served breakfast, and then they left. That's a party. <laughs> That's a party. But, like, what the fuck were they doing that entire time? If, like, if most dances that are fun are off limits and you're just there to schmooze and congratulate one another on being rich, what are you doing for that long? Orgy. No, that's vulgar. Stick up butt. Exactly. I yeah, there's nothing. There's there's <laughs> nothing. Uh, I don't know. Probably, probably as boring as hell. It's probably boring as hell. I mean, hold on. I think I have a photo somewhere of uh, just everyone. It's a painting of of their uh, riffraffery. Uh, it's come on. Oh, my files are too powerful. 
Oh no, oh, it's too no. large. Oh no. Oh. oh no, Bouncer. Okay, I'm just gonna send you a link. You can, uh, and, and it's the, the first photo. Uh, it's in like black and white and it's a painting. Anyways, everyone's just in their fine gowns and like holding each other's lovely gloved hands and being like, oh, congratulations on being so goddamn rich. I mean, uh, look at but, those necklaces. Th- those must have weighed a ton. Yeah. So in any case, like uh, as far as I can tell, the actual main point of these parties uh, was that they wanted marriages to come out of it. it they, they were, oh, they were meeting grounds yeah. for rich, wealthy fucks to meet other rich, wealthy fucks and make good matches and continue the family lines, so that way they can continue keeping uh, the new money out of it. Yeah, they were basically uh, meet cutes for douchebags. <laughs> Meet kids for douchebags. Yep. Yeah. No, that's exactly correct. Yep. So, anyways, hold on. I need to take a sip of my tea. Uh. Anyways, um, so these boring, boring ass parties might have been boring, but that didn't make them any less desirable to go. So, according again to the Saint Regis magazine, uh, that I quoted earlier and have been quoting. Uh, women who weren't invited to Mrs. Astor's parties would literally go and ask their doctors to prescribe them trips for fresh air the same week as the ball that they didn't get an invitation to because it was a lot classier to say to your friends, oh, I can't go because I have, I have, I'm, I'm on a prescribed health vacation rather than saying, I didn't get a calling card from Mrs. Astor. I'm not one of you. I'm not one of you. I'm sorry. I've just, I've dropped the ball. It's so much easier to be like, okay, please, doctor. I really, can you just write me a note? Can you, my mom says I can't go. My my doctor said no. <laughs> I, uh, and then, so some women actually went so far as to be like, hey, I'm taking my daughter to get educated in France. And <laughs> so they would leave the country and they would spend some time figuring out how to marry their daughter off to European, and it was mostly British, uh, noblemen. So they would find a Viscount or a Marquise, Marquise, I don't know how to pronounce that one, uh, or a Duke or something, so marry him off, and then Mrs. Astor couldn't say no to the mother-in-law of a Duke. (laughs) Can't say no. You just can't say no. It's like, no, Madam, Madam, Madam Duke of, of Wellington is here. And he's like, ah, a Duke. So anyways, yeah, that was that was how they did that workaround was just like, uh, well, if I just go find someone fancy <laughs> to marry my daughter to, perhaps. Uh, Duke, on, you take uh, my daughter's hand? <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, there is absolutely something written. Okay, here we go. Uh, in the period between 1870 and 1914, 
454 American girls married titled Europeans, <laughs> 100 of them being British aristocrats, with 60 of them, uh, 60 of this 100 marrying the eldest sons. So it was a phenomenal amount by any standards, and it was all pushed. 454 women got married to noblemen simply because they wanted to go to a party. That's a lot of meat cutes. That's a lot of meat cutes. She's the she's the gatekeeping match key, uh, like matchmaker of all of New York High Society. Yep, yep, yep. That's hilarious. Okay. <clears throat> so, anyways, keeping in mind that Mrs. Astor absolutely hates anything not proper stick, but um, she hated the new rich of New York. So it was only right to assume that she had a massive fucking feud with the Vanderbilt family. Naturally. You know, those Vanderbilts. Yeah. Because they were new money. The Vanderbilts. And yes, the Vanderbilts, who nowadays were like, yes, they are the epitome of the Gilded Age. They are they are the Industrial Revolution personified. The Vanderbilts. Yeah, anyways, they were new money. She hated them. Absolutely hated their guts. And so uh they were new money. Mr. Vanderbilt apparently had a notorious potty mouth, which I did not know, uh, <laughs> which, you know, offended Mrs. Astor's uh, sober sensibilities. Um, and Mrs. Astor lasted until 1883, which was almost 20 years into living uh, at their Fifth Avenue mansion without publicly recognizing the Vanderbilt family and sending them a calling card. She went 20 years without ever speaking to them or acknowledging them. What a hoe. Petty bitch. Petty hoe. So, petty, petty hoe. So anyways, it wasn't until Alva Vanderbilt, who was her nemesis, built a massive house and announced that she was going to be celebrating with an even massiver costume ball to, like, open it. Uh... She, it, it was her housewarming party was going to be a costume ball. And it was going to be the place that you had to be seen at. Uh, and Mrs. Astor realized that she didn't have an invitation. And neither did her newly societally out daughter. Her daughter had just completed cotillion and was now available to the world. And so... Her daughter wanted to go to the costume party so very, very badly. And Mrs. Astor was forced, like, her, her hand was absolutely forced to, like, send a calling card in order to make it so her daughter wasn't a social outcast. Ah. That is a great comeuppance for her. I know. It, it's just, that was, that's a, just, had a little taste of humble pie, Carolyn. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this is this is a quote from that St. Regis uh, article, which is, um, Alva, uh, like Mrs. Astor, educated in France and conscious of the niceties of etiquette, declared that she could not make such an approach to Mrs. Astor because the rule was that the senior lady must first have called on the junior one. So she took society's niceties and just flipped that little table and was like... I couldn't send you an invitation. You've never sent me one before. And it just goes against the rules. Sorry about that. Oh, shit. Yeah. But in any case, 
uh, Lena, which was Mrs. Astor's nickname, uh, she went by Lena, not Caroline, um, she was quoted uh, afterwards after attending the ball as, we have no right to exclude those whom the growth of this great country has brought forward, provided that they are not vulgar in speech and appearance. The time has come for the Vanderbilts. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> what an asshole. She literally spent 20 years gatekeeping, being like, who am I to gatekeep? And I'm like, but you are the gatekeeper. You literally set the standard for gatekeeping. You, it was you. You created this. Like, how <laughs> How dare you? I know. Jesus. Oh, okay. what a lady. I know. There's more. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. So, let's. We're, we're nearing the end of our story. So, remember how... God, it feels like forever ago. Remember how forever ago I was mentioning how she very desperately wanted to be the Mrs. Astor, but she couldn't because she married the second son. Uh, Anyways, let's get back to that. So, basically, her uh, brother-in-law, the eldest, John Jacob Astor III, died and um, had a son named William Waldorf Astor. And so now William Waldorf, being the, the the firstborn son of the firstborn son, he is now the rightful, he, he basically inherited everything. He now has the title. He's got the blah, blah. So now he is the one who is insisting, like, he's like, my wife deserves to be called the Mrs. Astor. It is rightfully hers in the eyes of society. And uh, sweet Caroline. Caroline was having none of it. She was like, excuse you? You want your shitty wife to have this title? No, I earned this title. And he's like, but it's her name. And she's like, no, it's my name. And so basically... Basically, that started a massive feud between the two of them. So, auntie and nephew duking it out. And remember that these dumbasses live right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the son inherited his father's house and they lived right next, right next to each other. Their mansions were, you know, right there. And so what he did out of... Well, okay, no, sorry, I missed a step. Because Caroline had created such bad blood between them, it got so bad that when William's young wife died, Caroline hosted an opulent dinner party at the same time as the funeral. What a biatch. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. Horrible. That's, it's just the most petty shit you've ever heard in your life. Ugh. Like, no, fuck your wife. She doesn't deserve mourners. Come to my dinner party. What? What? Wow. So, basically, this happened. And William was so pissed off, he was determined to outdo her. Just shame this woman into oblivion, which she absolutely deserves. Um, He demolished his home, the mansion right next to hers. And he 
built a massive hotel in its place <laughs> called the Waldorf. And it, uh, <laughs> it's huge. It's absolutely astronomically large. And it made her house look really small and she hated it. And she would tell anyone who would listen. She goes, there's a glorified tavern next door. And anyways, hold on, let me, I'm just going to send you a photo really quickly of what this used to look like. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, so, okay, okay. What'd you see, my boy? Yeah, I'm seeing some old, you know, some turn of the century, 19th century uh, mansions there. But do you see how much larger the hotel is than the Oh, mansion? that's the whole Jesus. Yes. That thing is, it's a, at least twice the size. Yes. It's, Good And obviously, like, rightfully so. It's a hotel. <laughs> like, it's, hotels are meant to be large. But she got extremely pissed off at this. She was like, how dare he? How absolutely dare he build a hotel that dwarfs my mansion? So what she did was she and her son, and I'm fairly certain this is her son, John Jacob Astor IV, the, the dude who we talked about yep. when we were talking about the rest of the John Jacob family, he died at the Titanic. So, oh, no. anyways. Uh, apparently, though, this was before he died, obviously. Um, he, he and Caroline demolished their home and built a hotel of their own and called it the Astoria. <laughs> Like, everyone's just building hotels out of, like, pure spite. Just to spite you, I'm gonna build a hotel. Fuck your hotel, I'm gonna have a hotel. Who has this kind of money? Not us. So, anyways, that's that's pretty much the end of of her tale and the insanity of it all. I don't know if the two ever fixed their relationship at all but i do know that eventually the two hotels merged and became the waldorf astoria yeah, hotel yeah. which incidentally is now owned like that title is owned by the hilton and so there's a few of them located around the country as far as i know but this original one no longer exists because the site is where the empire state building is <gasps> oh my goodness <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> so they had really good taste in property, I guess, yeah, because they were like, I guess. this right here, this is where the Empire Staple thing is going to be. That's amazing. Wow. What a lady. I just, I think I hate her. <laughs> yeah, I hate her deeply. <laughs> She's a horrible human horrible. being. Oh, just the quote of, just the, the fucking quote of her... Uh, her the audacity of of her and and being like oh who am i to gatekeep the vanderbilts therein it's like bitch you spent so long yep i know it so anyways here have have a photo of uh what she looks like she was very much so known for wearing black i don't know why but she was she just looks mean too she does look mean. She just kind of she. <sighs> Stupid knickerbocker. <laughs> Stupid knickerbocker. Oh, so thank you, Haley. So that anyway, was amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're you're very welcome. I just <laughs> this is one of those episodes where I'm like, I hate me. hate rich people. I know it's so bad, but that's like you understand now why why I needed the whole hour to explain. Oh, a hundred percent, absolutely was. no, no. The whole episode was well spent. Thank you. I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. And I really hope that you enjoyed it, Gilded Gang. And that you, too, are just angry at the rich. Eat the rich. <laughs> Hashtag 2020 eat the rich. <sighs> but in any case, my dear Gilded Gang, uh, if you liked what you heard, go give us a go give us a shout out on the social meds. Or uh, you can see all the images that we talked about today on our Instagram or Twitter. So Instagram, Outrageously Unnecessary, Twitter, at OUnnecessaryPod. And then uh, if you want to help us out and give us a review on whatever listening podcatcher you you listen to us on, go for it. Apple Podcasts tends to be the, the easiest, but if you're like me and don't have an iPhone, yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so tired and exhausted now because she's so awful. Just the worst. Just, just the, the worst. worst. Well, uh, uh, well, Haley. Uh, Stephen, can you give me something? Give me, give me something good for us to to end this on. Give you something good for uh, to end on. Well, um, I will just say that um, that's it that's all i got (laughs) (laughs) oh what you didn't hear me i'll say it again that's it see you're a horrible (laughs) human being oh no no seriously all kidding aside um everyone keep your heads up um the world is as great as you make it keep making good choices um encourage one another stay positive um and yeah, go buy something today. <laughs> Support capitalism. Support capitalism, please. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>